0: Welcome to Lost Without Japan, a travel podcast about the life-changing experiences of exploring Japan and those moments we would be lost without. For your listening pleasure, allow me to introduce your very own Kanko Gaido, Michael. Welcome to this week's episode of Lost Without Japan a podcast based on Japan and your lost without moments. This is your director of travel for TKIC Studio Productions, coming to you with positive thoughts and excitement for your next journey to Japan and his own return next summer. I'd like to thank you for giving me a bit of your time today and truly hope that this podcast finds you in a good place or on the path to a better one, no matter how it may seem at this moment. My belief is that we can all use a beacon like this one in our lives to help guide us during these times, and my hope is that Japan, along with this show, will become that for you. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returning Lost without listener, thank you again for returning once more. As always, the advertising I include with the show is done for free and to help continue to promote the friends of the show that we've interviewed in the past. Now on to today's day trip talk. For those of you that are beginning your journey with me today, it's truly important that in order to really make this trip work, just kind of like when we did Okinawa, is that you are going to need to take advantage of an international driver's license to get and explore everything we're talking about too today. Some sticking points are, uh, I've included some rental locations for the area, but I'd really recommend you making your bookings for this uh, outside at a bigger city because none of the like, locations that I looked at had it really any uh, mention of English or English assistance. and looking at the websites uh, for the ones that are there didn't seem to be the case either. And one kind of constant that I saw when looking at them as well is that you're gonna really need to make sure that your phone is like good to go for GPS because even the ones that did have GPS and would switch it to you for English from Japanese The GPS were out of date and uh, not much of a use in getting you, uh, you know, out and around, uh, you know, for this. So aim for a larger city where you have a better chance of getting someone that might speak English and having it be updated and just ready to go for you. Now, as our group departs today, please remember to double check that you have all your luggage, your passports, and your phone before our group departs. You've made it, because today is the day we are going to continue your journey throughout Japan. So go ahead, take a few deep breaths, and come along with your tour group, as we make sure that the journey today is as wonderful as possible, whether it's your first trip or a return. As always, when you look to make your reservations for any lodging, make sure when you do so, it can be fully refundable to you if something happens and dates change or, you know, anything that could just happen in your life. Remember, you can always reach out to the show at lostwithoutjapan at gmail.com or at lostwithoutjapan on Instagram. If I can answer questions or be of any assistance while on our journey together, when you're, you know, out even traveling on your own, don't hesitate to reach out. As always, today's timestamp for our show notes to bring you directly to our talk on the Minami Alps City and the Minami Alps National Park will be provided in our show notes. And for those of you that saved the show's Google document will be updated there as well after it drops. Before we get into the history of the Minami Alps area, I wanted to give a quick shout out to the old private house, the Shogun Experience or a fully immersive getaway in the mountains of Nara, or just an intimate bespoke lunch, Niold Private House has got you covered. You're going to go back in time to the Edo period, dress up as a samurai, and fight off ninja, all in one private experience. Check out their website at neold.co.jp or Instagram neold.jp to learn even more. Let's go into today's talk by discussing a bit about the city of the Minami Alps and the national park as well. The city of Minami Alps has a population of around 71,618 and is situated in the Yamanashi Prefecture. Minami Alps is Yamanashi's prefecture's third largest city and offers a great variety of food and events that could really add a lot to your schedule. Festivals are listed on the city's website, but pictures for the following festivals that i found are from 2017, which means that, like a lot of cities in Japan and just you know, around the world, they're, you know, they're kind of still in that process of getting everything back to how it was um, with those festivals. Um, some have come, some have gone, you know, new ones may appear. But the one that I would be most interested in sharing with you is the Tokichi Festival. That takes place in February around the 22nd and 23rd, and it's kind of a huge, giant flea market from you stateside or outside. It's like a bunch of just various people selling things that you can end up purchasing. Tons of stores, and the cool thing about this event is, it's you know traditional Japanese crafts, uh, things to bring home, things to get for others, you know, (laughs) to to, you on your trip. But it's just you know, an overnight one um, at that. And you're going to be able to enjoy Kagura performances of ancient Shinjo music and dance, with Kagura as a form of dance theater, which is based on Japanese mythology. And stories told in this Kagura performance are mostly based on tales from the Kojiki, an ancient Japanese collection of myths, legends, and accounts of battles between gods and demons. Other festivals located near Fuji are easily accessible by car, you know, with around like a 40-minute trip. Uh, So if you make friends in the area, maybe you can ride along with them. Buses, however, my friends, like, rent a car, please. Rent a car. Um, Because if you use a bus, uh, it could end up running you about three hours or longer, uh, depending on what bus you end up with and the number of stops that it takes. So now on today's day trip talk. For those of you beginning your journey with me again today, there's a variety of ways to get to the destination we're going to discuss. And by car, it's around 1 hour and 52 minutes from Tokyo. By bus from Shinjuku Station, it's about a 2 hour, 35 minute trip for around $22 and is going to drop you off directly at the Minami Alps City Hall. Other options involve a combination of trains and buses, uh, you know, really longer than what you'd end up getting to by bus. The one plus is that this is going to be done, um, you know, for a cheaper price, but your time when you're on vacation, it's priceless. For around $26, you could take the Cho Rapid from Tokyo Station for around an hour to Takao Station in Sagamura, where you'll board another train for Kofu for an hour and a half for around $13. And from that Kofu bus terminal, you'll end up boarding a bus that will depart hourly for the Minami alps area with an additional total of four hours for the trip so you know lots and lots of time uh so please uh definitely rental we're going to split our day trip talk today kind of into two different sections and you could kind of combine what you want to it really depends on where your lodging is and what you're looking to do are you looking to relax and enjoy a city that's not normally you know going to be one that's going to be on a tourist radar? Or are you looking to get into another area that's not a huge tourist area, but enjoy more uh, nature and views uh, or combination, depending on how you want your day to go? But we're going to start by kind of focusing in on the city itself. And we'll go on from there. Now, with that all of the way, let's look into our lodging for today. Now, I describe the super hotel, Yamanashi Minami Alps, as a business hotel. You know what? The surrounding area makes it feel like it's truly more. It's around a 19-minute walk from the Minami Alps City Hall, or 8 to 12 minutes by bus. There's a 24-hour grocery store, a drugstore, an izakaya, and so much more nearby within walking distance. One perk is that rooms seem to have more than just one outlet, because so many places you know, I've stayed in, there's one outlet that's two. I use my little um, you know, USB splitter that goes off into things, but really, especially if you're traveling with others, having the additional outlets could be a huge thing. Now you can choose to book directly through the hotel's website, which I'm gonna include in the show notes, or through a travel site called vio.com. When attempting to book through the site directly with the actual traditional website, did have issues without my VPN being set to Japan, Pricing was around $85 a night for each adult, and through VO, um, that could, of course, change uh, depending on, you know, if there's festivals or time of year that you're going. The parking lot can fit around 200 cars if you're able to drive to the location, and if you're able to book directly through the site, you might get a free breakfast buffet or well. And there's even uh, other add-ons we can discuss as well. There is a, um, like, bathing options that are for male or female. They are separate. Um, they open at 3 p.m. and remain open till 9.30 a.m. the next morning. One thing I always recommend, though, when talking about kind of an onsen or bathing experience is bringing your own towel, because um, I can't see if they're provided or not uh, or if there's additional charges for that. And I'd also say to bring your own shampoo and soap as it looks like um the women portion of the bathing areas have a lot more you know amenities and things to use and uh the guys uh you're going to be left out so bring your own this area can get quite congested around check-in and check-out time so just make sure to give yourself uh additional time to get checked out or to check in and you know just compare other places pricing Find what works best to you. Is it the site through the hotel? Is it through the site, you know, that I talked about, Bo.com? See what works best for you when you go to book. I always like to look for something to eat after getting done with my exploration or just travel from a various city. And today is no exception. As mentioned before, I could go to the hotel's breakfast buffet and take advantage of that or if you want to just do something near and dear to my heart, we could just walk nearby to McDonald's, uh, which I love. I have the app of. It's just such a better experience It's there. Um, a great breakfast um, opportunity. My favorite Mega Muffin, which is two sausage patties, eggs, bacon, and ketchup for a little over $2.50, is quite the steal. There is no convenience stores nearby. I know that's a huge shocker for Japan. So if you're looking to save some funds you know, with this, I think this is a great option. There's also a bunch of grocery stores that are around um, the area too that you could look to take advantage of, just not a convenience one. If neither of these three sound like something you'd be interested in, there is a chain restaurant called Sukiyaki that's a six minute walk from the area. And the nice part is it's open 24 hours. So if you're arriving later, if you're looking to get out early in the morning, you be able to have something to eat before you do so. There's also another chain restaurant, Yoshinoya, that we've talked about previously, and they are open from 8 a.m. and open as late as 10 p.m. For those of you that just prefer to have coffee to start your day and don't mind a 20-minute bus ride or just a, you know, quick car ride of probably like, you know, around 11 minutes or so, um, it's a 54-minute walk, so that's kind of off the uh, in the menu, unless you're working to, you know, work off that Mega Muffin from earlier, um, it's like we have Hanzo Coffee, Coffee Laboratory, which um, is in the process of uh, being built at the time of recording. and They said, like, they'd be open around November 4th. So it should be open now. Um, they do boast an English and Japanese menu with a variety of hot and cold coffee options for around 500 to 700 yen. Beans look to be roasted on location, and even though it does have a sister shop, it really doesn't look like a chain location. There are some small bakery items as well that are available throughout the day, but again, as always with these types of locations, it's, you know, as long as they are in stock. When they're gone, they're gone. This location is new. Um, like I said, it's supposed to have opened around November 4th, and pricing for different things for the bakery items weren't available at the time, um, but the listing kind of says that the average uh, price per person is around 1,000 to 2,000 yen, or $6.70 to $13.30 per person. And I've saved this location in our Google Maps as well. As I begin to research this area, I truly would be remiss not to mention just how close you are to Mount Fuji and all that that area has to offer. By car, you're an hour and a half away and a very affordable trip of 3,590 yen, or the, the time recording, that's $25 US. Uh, you could take a combination of trains and buses, albeit again, a three-hour journey from Koigawa Station, one other thing uh, to talk about, if you're looking to, is that really the focus of today is relaxation and rest. So our later talk is going to be on, you know, your hiking and the outdoors, what it has to offer us. And you know, if we're going to be doing so, you know, a full stomach is always a must. Grab that ta- travel towel, to wipe off your sweat as you're walking. And you know, we're going to end up uh, doing something to focus on that relaxation before we get, you know, this is a perfect add-on. You do the things I talk about later. You come back. This is a great area to go to. It is a 22-minute drive to the Yamanami No Day Spa that not only has parking, but has overnight parking for those of you that are renting an RV or have one. So you could actually pay to you know, spend the night there. Um, they also end up renting um, outlets, which I'll talk about. Promote for electricity. If you're looking to though and do these type of camping things, one word to the wise: it's that uh, toilets are a bit far away, and you could think at times um, they have such great you know ecology uh, that they happen to be filled with frogs at times. So maybe a a no for some of you. Maybe the coolest thing in the world for others. This location is closed on Wednesday, um, very crowded on weekends in a popular spot for families to relax um, at the onsen itself. And like I said, I'm not focusing uh, for this recommendation on the camping aspect of it with the RVs, being that most of us aren't going to have that. Just wanted to give that heads up about the frogs in case you did. The reason I brought this up is the onsen itself. One word of warning, though, is the pool is going to require you to have a swimming cap. So besides that towel that I normally recommend, uh, you're going to want a swimming cap that fits you as well. Otherwise, you can look to get one from a, you know, 600 yen through one of those like 100 yen stores or other places that are in the area. But if you have a larger hat size, I'd really just recommend you bringing something from home if you're looking to take advantage of the pool and not like the different onsen bass that are there. In order to purchase time for this onsen, there's a ticket vending machine that offers a two-hour ticket for the onsen for 600 yen, but it's without use of the pool, or 900 yen with access to everything, and there's no time limit. Although I could not find a definite age range for children, they are half off, Uh, you know, if they're within that designated age range. The changing rooms are the same for indoor pool and the onsen that offers a variety of options to relax in, with the largest onsen bath being a higher temperature, kind of a little bit more than what I would normally expect at 40 degrees Celsius or 105 degrees Fahrenheit, but it fits around 20 adults, um, and another bath combines you with the option of electricity and water. Yes, you could be cooked like tempura. Um I would definitely avoid this if you have a uh, pacemaker, medical conditions. Uh anything of this I to me the the draw of uh being in water with electricity is far far from anything that I would want. Um but there are others, but don't worry you don't have just this 105 degree Fahrenheit and electricity. You have some other um options with temperatures ranging anywhere from 30 degrees Celsius or 86 degrees Fahrenheit to 37 degrees Celsius or 98 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which is more attuned to what I think you'd normally find. But these bathing like options, onsen options, are five to eight adults, so smaller um, than the larger one. There's also two saunas as well, and you can find... A much fancier um, onsen in the area but i wanted to include this great budget find and you know one thing that's going to do is uh, when you go to the fancier places at times you're going to run into more uh tourists just comes with the territory you know this i'm looking to do this Uh, this is my trip i'm going to go all out when you go to an to an onsen that's like this you're going to come in contact with local people in the area and just have a different experience Um, One important thing to note is there's no English on the vending machines, but um, they were super easy to translate using Google Translate as none of it was handwritten and I was able to get all of the information I needed to, you know, purchase that correct ticket. Once you're done relaxing at the onsen, we have a 12 minute drive ahead of us as we venture out to our next location that offers the opportunity to get some gifts. Do some real retail therapy, or just enjoy exploring malls in Japan like I do. We're going to be heading to the Aeon Mall Kofu Showa, which is large enough to have three floors, a movie theater, and even host some small events you could check out ahead of time on their website that is in, you know, offers a variety of languages. One neat fact about this location is it's big enough to, you know, be the largest mall in the entire prefecture. And for those of you, you know, camping at an onsen with your, your RV, you could take advantage of a bus to get to this spot. And it's about a 30-minute trip each way for only 510 yen. You could look at the map online that is in Japanese and go through the list of shops in this location. I do apologize for, you know, not getting the word out sooner. Um, and you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You just, you missed seeing Baby Shark in concert. In Japanese, uh, in Japan, I will look for future endeavors, my friend, and try not to let that slip. Although it does have a big parking lot, it can be, at times, hard to find that spot that you're looking for, especially in the main lots um, during the busiest times on weekends or just, you know, late afternoons. One thing that may persuade you, though, to park further away, besides just not battling everyone for that parking spot, is. Go to the top level of the parking garage, not the uh, lower level or main area that you have. And not only are you most likely avoiding some of the chaos of the main parking area, but if it is a clear day, you can really see a decent view of Fuji as well. And if you're in Japan for a while, that Fuji can be So elusive. So I try to take every chance you can to see it. So if you are lucky enough to see that, why not buy a lotto ticket as well? And who knows? You might end up being able to pay for your next trip to Japan. Weekends are the busiest time with most of the crowds arriving after 4 p.m. If you're looking to take advantage of any of the restaurants, it's recommended to go at off times as they are extremely busy during normal dining times. The mall also has an area with animals that you could see, kind of like a zoo, but not really, you know, just a store that has things that are birds, chicks, parakeets, owls, meerkats, tortoises, donkeys. Um, I kind of had an experience like this at Mall of America. Um, One thing to note though, is that everything's gonna be in Japanese. So if there are any forms or things to sign, you know, Google Translate it up. If you're traveling early during the weekends, you end up finding yourself at Kamanashi Industrial Park Sports Park, which is listed in Japanese in Google Maps, but I've added some English notes as well, so you know which one it is. If you're out early on the weekend, you might find local clubs playing baseball, soccer, softball. I love whenever I stumble across a place like this and find a group of people, like a local sports group, um, interacting with families and other teams. It's one of my favorite things to to do in Japan, as far as like memories that I've had, you know, just stumbling across a group of people playing baseball. And I'm like, I'll kill a little bit of time as I'm waiting for when I was in Osaka, um, waiting for this DJ festival to occur. And that little bit of time became an hour and a half. <laughs> and um, it's just truly uh, something that's, just, like I said, any interaction you can get, not tourist, and shows you more of what Japan is, are those lost without moments that the show kind of just prides themselves on and we talk about. From there, we're going to head out for a 22-minute drive from the mall to the, that we've discussed to the Yamanashi Prefecture Museum of Art. That is famous within Japan for its collection of paintings by the 1800s French artist Jean Francois Millet. And let me tell you, my friends, um, this is a meaningful exhibit. And even if you may not know uh, Millet, the artist, he had fans of some really well known names Monet, Van Gogh, Degas, Salvador Dali all are people that spoke his praises. His art was part of a much bigger realism movement at the time and focused a lot on rural France. This is truly a hidden gem that you'd not expect to find here. And for those of you traveling throughout Japan, it could be a great escape if the weather turns on you and it's super hot, super cold, it's raining, it's snowing, like whatever it is that's going on. So keep this one in mind. The website which I've included in our notes has a variety of options of languages, including English, and in it, it boasts over 10,000 pieces of art that include not only for the artists we've discussed, but some modern and contemporary artists from Japan as well, In it's two floors. Now, the cool thing is they do have some small lockers, but I think more like handbag, okay? <laughs> not your hiking backpack, um, but just keep those 100 yen coins handy. Use it if you choose, and get it back once you return that key. So it costs you nothing, um, which is cool. Um, the 1260 yen that they charge for adults and 590 yen for university students or um, is a very reasonable price with free admission for anyone that is you know, younger, kind of like your junior high, elementary, and so on. Pricing mentioned earlier that there's a permanent exhibit plus any special events going on. That's that 1260 yen. If you're looking to save some money, you can go less than that and miss out on whatever the current exhibit is. Um, That's not just the one that is normally there. There is free parking as well uh, for up to 300 cars at this location. Um, If you visit during the week, not gonna be an issue, but around holidays and weekends, again, you could expect it to be quite busy. Our next spot is one to save for a while and double check back in, as I hope uh relatively soon or you know in the next year or so that the zoo that I'm going to talk about you know real zoo, not store zoo <laughs> um has currently been in the process of trying to fundraise and remodel a space that has been open since nineteen nineteen It is Yuki Zoo, and with it being open for so long, there are really wanting to make the habitats for the animals so much more hospitable than what they were at something that's over a hundred years old. And when they were only previously charging 320 yen for adults, that's less than $3. You're talking like two bucks, uh, or 30 yen, 30 cents, less than 30 cents for kids. You know, they're trying to do what they need to without raising prices, you know, exponentially uh, looking to bring something to the community. So if some of you win the lotto and want a zoo possibly renamed after you, you know, reach out to them. Who knows? I could have the, you know, lost without Japan zoo. How cool, you know, how could that be? Uh, Being that uh, tomorrow is going to involve a lot of hiking, most likely. I would really recommend getting some supplies uh, for us to stock up, uh, you know, for our night before we end up calling it that and going to bed. So one option on our way back is the Super Center Trial Minami Alps Grocer and Discount Store that's open 24 hours Monday through Sunday. As always, check in on those holidays that it could close or have different hours. One unique thing on the site I noticed is a calendar that actually lets you know. What days and times are busier than others? Like, that is, you know, unique, definitely, but appreciated. This is a great place to stock up for tomorrow as well, as we head out for fresh air and exercise. So, please, make sure to, to, you know, bring those hiking socks from home. Good supportive footwear, sun-covering water, first aid kits, and battery packs for that phone before heading out tomorrow. Maybe two battery packs. One thing I read recently in the news is that those of you that have an iPhone 14 and 15, you actually have an emergency satellite feature on your phone. So if you don't have cell phone service, and you, that could happen in the area that we're going into today, depending on how deep you go. Uh, so that's really that's I'm saying. Like, please bring these backup batteries, my friends. Um, but what can happen is... If you're unable to make a call, you can kind of hold the side of the phone, it brings up this emergency call option. And what it will do, at least for some time, uh, you know, this, if you're listening to this and the iPhone 17 is out or 18, whatever it is, um, I think it's only good for like uh, two years, but you can end up taking use of a satellite connection to text or talk with emergency people. And this is actually come in handy for people that have been Uh, stranded in the wild and cause them to actually be rescued. So pretty cool option. Um, And one of those things where, um, you know, I would also say like there are some translation apps, like I love Google translate or other ones that you need a internet connection to get to. But let's say you're stuck in that situation where you need the emergency satellite and you don't have access to the internet downloading and a translation app that will allow you to put Japanese onto your phone so that you can actually do that translating back and forth to communicate if you need with emergency services is really one I would recommend. And some of these like require like a monthly subscription. Fine, <laughs> you know, like the, the week or the couple weeks that I'm there, make it for that time. If it's a month, if it's two months, you have to pay for it. It's worth it. This is going to quickly become something I add to my trip in addition to that, um, you know, health coverage where if I need to go to a hospital that I can, these things are quickly just becoming uh, (laughs) must-haves, you know, when you're traveling um, all throughout the world. Now, one other thing that I want to uh, say is that when you go to grab camping supplies, um, if you didn't bring your own, there's also Sports Depot Kofu Showa on the That store is about 33 minutes by bus or 18 by car from our lodging and is a great place to get camping, stoves, supplies. You know, if you're actually gonna be taking advantage of camping or some of the campsites to cook at, I've saved this location in our maps as well. After our day of relaxing, we can call it a night and, you know, continue our day trip in the morning as we head out to the area known as the Minami Alps National Park. I have saved a bit of surprises for today's activities that are really not super well-known for tourists. And I mean that not even just for people outside of Japan. Even within Japan, there were so many people that stumbled across this area that were like, I was staying in the area, and the only reason I knew about this was my hotel had a, like, a pamphlet or a handout that said that this was even an option for me. So this is quickly becoming something that I am going to make sure to add on if it's not for myself this upcoming summer for when my daughter and I go for her first trip in a few years time. Now, one other thing that came up to my attention while doing the research is that the national park is not what you would think uh, from back home. Like if I say I'm gonna go to the Grand Canyon National Park or whatever it is it's here, I'm expecting roads. I'm expecting lodging. I'm expecting streets. I'm expecting parking, <laughs> like this infrastructure that is there this is not what you're going to find, my friends. This is more just a general nature area that may have some trails and may have some roads. Many of these roads have restrictions on them. They may be closed at certain times. So, you know, we're going to venture in a little bit, but I would really end up, uh, as we'll discuss later on, um, having a guide if you're looking to go deeper into it. For this portion, I cannot, you know, recommend that enough. Find that service that, you know, even if they say they do guides uh, or hiking for elsewhere and just ask if they will accomplish, you know, with you what you're looking to. This area is different from what we've normally discussed and it's kind of a bit like what we discussed with Peter for skiing and snowboarding um, in an in episode that is, you know, a while ago now. But it's truly like when you're doing these activities, you want to be as safe as you possibly can and avoid any unnecessary time in the hospital uh, just from not being prepared. So when we're talking about this next area, I'm going to choose lodging. It's really what you want to focus on in this area and then look for lodging that is nearby for you to do what you're looking to. Sounds simple, but when you begin to explore this map, you'll really understand how important this is as travel times are very, so much now, there are seven places nearby our activity that we're going to talk about today that you could look into staying. And they're kind of like the temple experiences where you're going to be staying at a temple or you lodging. You are going to be actually on site. Super simple, you know, stays, nights, and air conditioning. You're just going to have to make sure you have or heating, um, probably less the concern uh, during those times. But the extreme hot and extreme cold could make this experience one way or the other, uh, not good. So my choice for lodging for our group today would have been the Shukobu Taikaobo, which is a Japanese, uh, again, the temple stay experience. Uh, And when I went to look to book it through their site, I was having issues of it being there. And then when I went through booking.com, I mentioned that they are not currently accepting uh, reservations at the time but it's really one I would keep in the back of my mind uh, and just look to see if it's available because the like reviews were simply glowing. I mean, just everybody just gushing about their amazing time and life-changing experiences that they had there. And even with a shared bathroom, you know, uh, for the room, uh, you know, that had basically for amenities, like free toiletries and a hairdryer, <laughs> Some, you know, Wi-Fi and a vegetarian breakfast for your stay. Uh, You'd think that that may not be that much, but they seem to go over and above to make you and your time there be just simply wonderful. Now, since that previous location is not accepting reservations, I went with my 1A choice. And it's really like it's not much removed from the previous one. It actually offers some things that would put it ahead now with this temple stay that i have for our second uh place that we're talking about is Kakunbo, which does offer like i said some things that weren't in the past uh one that we talked about they have some staff that speak english they have english menus and the rooms are huge like four times what you would normally expect at a business hotel um if you were in tokyo and you can stay there Without worries, uh, you know, it might come with some sort of translation, uh, you know, barrier gap that's here. And you're going to have a comfy futon for the night. The rooms are simple, but the views that they have here and the other location and the vegan options you can choose from uh, could really make this stand out for you. This, you know, location, the previous one, they have so much to offer to your stay. From there, we're going to head out to the Gyeonggi Buddhist Temple before making our way to the surprise of the day, which is the Munubosan Ropeway. The Kyonji Temple was founded back in 1281 and offers free admission with donations, of course, being accepted. So please throw them something, you know, with this. You can translate the website into English and read even more about the site's history, the charms that are offered and things you can purchase while you're there. And from there, we're going to head out to the parking that is by the ropeway that is going to take us to the top of Mount Minobu. Don't need to tell anyone back home that you didn't, you know, do the hike and climb for it. (laughs) The parking lot is a great spot, not only for this ropeway, but it is awesome. So much so uh, it has all of these different uh, temples and things that are here. We'll talk about that in a moment. The ropeway is 1600 yen round trip for adults and for high school students. Uh, 960 yen one way. children from the age of four through elementary school is 800 yen round trip and 500 yen one way. Quite a few people mention hiking either up or down this trail uh, to and from that location like basically the the length of the ropeway, but many people mention that it be, ends up giving you a two hour adventure so. Kind of, you know, the show recommendation be, hey, ride that hop, ride it back down. You can do some hiking in that area, but save yourself, especially if it's hot or cold. Uh, one word to the wise, the area can become quite muddy and quite icy, depending on what's going on as well. When you end up getting to the top, the observation uh, area for the ropeway, the cars can hold up to like 40 people. They look massive. Um, you're 1153 meters above sea level and you're going to actually have access to uh kind of like that mount minobu area and temple and from all these different viewing areas my friend you have views of the Fu the fuji river mount fuji on a clear day as well and if like i said uh just one thing is if you're coming in winter like bring your crampons you know like probably you know, I'd say almost like just don't do it You know, <laughs> like in our wintertime, my friends, um, if it is snowy or icy, uh, you know, for those things, you kind of take that up, see what's there. And if it is kind of ride it back down. One other they have is when you're at the top, you have so many different trails that lead off to some Shinto shrines. So not just the Buddhist ones that are here and just all these different places you can go to to explore. And when you get off and you start heading towards the Mount Minobu Temple, you're going to end up encountering 287 stone steps. And the cool thing about these steps is they're like 100 years old and were made by hand. Our focus, however, is on, you know, heading up. When I talk about all those different steps is to be that Mount Minobu where you could even end up coming in contact and seeing uh, monkeys as well. The views are just everywhere. Every picture I looked at was simply stunning, uh, from a five-tiered pagoda to another Buddhist temple to just all of the trees and nature that is in that area. So just look around. Be in the moment, and I could easily see you, after doing this, wanting to come back again. Or just extending the time that you have and adventure and have fun. Again and again, I saw mentions that this is not a heavily visited area, except for around New Year's. So, uh, like I said, I don't know how many times I've said this already, but I add this to our trip, add this to your trip. Uh, do something off that path before it becomes something that you start seeing a lot of people start to cover. I will pause at this point. And just want to tell you that this could end up being, I feel like, just that spiritual journey if you're looking for it. And, you know, I think is a perfect way to kind of bring our talk for the day on the end. You could ride that gondola back down, uh, get back to our lodging, hit some of those places to relax. If it's other onsens, if it's the onsen I talked about, if it's going to catch a movie in Japanese, you know, or just whatever you're looking to do, uh, have fun and enjoy your time in this area. Remember, if you're going to be looking to make your bookings, make sure that if you're making that, it can be refunded. And that if you're booking, see how many beds they have uh, so that everyone that's coming with you uh, has a bed if they're looking to. For those of you with Netflix, kind of not part of our day trip talk, but Japan. If you enjoy some fun TV from Japan, I can wholly recommend The Full-Time Wife Escapist. It has been a while since I found a show that has made me laugh and also hit me, you know, straight in the heart at the same time as well. If you've watched it or end up doing so after the recommendation, you know, reach out. Tell me what you think. For our housekeeping please give a follow, a like, and comment on your favorite streaming service. For updates on the show, feel free to give a follow on our Instagram at Lost Without Japan. If you've enjoyed today's show, feel free to support the show by exploring the show's Patreon, which will be in our show's note. Thank you to our members who have donated. You're continuing to help save towards microphones for our trip the upcoming summer where I'm looking to try to record as much audio as I can to share with you. I hope you've enjoyed our last episode, which was just sounds in Japan. Nihongo Jobs, powered by Kasha at Ikigai Connections. If your dream is to build a career around your Japanese slash English language and or culture skills, check out Ikigai Connections for country-specific resources and inspiring senpai success stories. If you're specifically looking for a Japanese job in the U.S., end up checking out NihongoJobs.com. Looks like we're ready to call it a night now. As we begin our next adventure, um, we're going to end up trying to set something up where it's just not a, you know, day here, day here kind of sporadic, but end up having our day trips that could kind of connect to each other and kind of be like a route that you could travel uh, for a little bit and see how that goes. So give me your feedback and we'll take that into consideration as we move forward. On behalf of the Lost Without Japan entire crew, I'd like to thank you for joining us on this trip, and we're looking forward to seeing you on board again in two weeks for our next episode. The song of the show today is Radio Star by Subway Daydream, who only has like 5,000 people on their YouTube right now. This is like their first full album. And I say they hit it out of the park. I hope you enjoy the music. Check out the album. Go support them. Just to everyone, you know, thank you so much for all that you do and for continuing to be on this journey. Oginki day.